Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Doctor's Note on Performance Medicine Audio. Uh, Dr. Rogers, are you with me? Yes. How you doing, man? Hey, we are, we are rocking and rolling here. Uh, excuse my voice. I've got a bit of a cold. Um, but you and I were, were talking earlier about what we wanted to, to discuss on this edition of the Doctor's Note. And we went, uh, we've been talking a lot lately about prevention of Alzheimer's or in brain health in general. Um, where do you think we should start or where do you think our patients need to start when it comes to Alzheimer's, if they're concerned about it, if they want to prevent it, if they've seen their parents similar to yours go through it, what's kind of, what's kind of some, some advice? Well, you know, I think we ought to have a, a uh, dialogue about uh, preventing Alzheimer's uh, dementia for the next few episodes of this broadcast. Um, of course, I'm interested in Alzheimer's because my grandmother died of it and my mother died of Alzheimer's. Right. Um, there's been some exciting research over the past uh, several years by Dr. Dale Bredesen out of uh, UCLA. He's probably in my opinion, the world's foremost expert on Alzheimer's disease. So um, there's got a lot of great literature out there that's really exciting that there may not only be ways to prevent it, but even ways to cure it. And um, as you know, the, of the, our country's top 10 most common causes of death, um, Alzheimer's is the only one for which there is no effective treatment uh, up in perhaps until recently. As of right now, like what are they doing for treatment? Is it just kind of a trying to slow the process down? Is that kind of what it is at the, like right at this moment, what, you know, your mom went through? Well, there's been two medicines uh, in the last two or three decades that have been developed for Alzheimer's, uh, Aircept and Namenda, neither, neither which works at all. I mean, it, they may pro, prolong or reduce symptoms for maybe two or three months, but really uh, both of, the, of them have side effects that are probably worse than doing nothing. So that's what's so unbelievably sad and surprising about this disease. So it doesn't even slow down the process at all? Not really, and may, may even make it worse. Huh. Um, so I know my mom was on both of those, and they certainly didn't help her at all. Right. Um, you know, the thing about Alzheimer's disease is that it's very dreaded among us baby boomer types because we've seen a lot of it, and we're worried that we may get it ourselves. It's almost, it's not only a fatal disease, it's worse than fatal because it, it really robs your humanity. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, uh, well, what are some things, you know, in terms of, functional functional and practical ways that people people like yourself baby boomers who are you know so scared of of the consequences of this disease you know it's not even the mortality of it it's just the way it i think you said it perfectly and it robs you of your of your quality of life in such a drastic way um you know how can how can we get it on the front end? How can we take care of things now so that we might not have to deal with it? Um, you, you know, similar to like, you know, we've talked about Pat Summit with early onset 
early onset dementia, like what are some things we can do? Well, you know, you just really have to realize that, and from my reading and research uh, of Dr. Bredesen's, you know, decades-long research is that Alzheimer's is really not a single disease. It's not caused by one thing. And that's probably the reason why they haven't come up with a, a cure for it or, a, or even a good drug for it is because it is so multifactorial. And the one things, thing that the pharmaceutical companies have been geared toward, towards is uh, getting rid of the amyloid plaque that uh, forms in these patients' brains. When we find on autopsy, that's what they all have in common. But really, in, in his research, which is really, really just eye-opening to me, is that there are probably 31 different causes uh, of Alzheimer's disease. And if you try to plug one hole, you have the other um, holes in the roof that are just going to leak through. So, um, so I always start out with, you know, what are your risk factors? And really, when you look at dementia, especially Alzheimer's dementia, all the risk factors are the same as risk factors for heart disease and diabetes and cancer in that really they can all they can be caused by an unhealthy lifestyle like um, inflammation and what causes inflammation infections uh, so l- let me cut you off real quick through. real quick so are you saying that you know by trying to prevent heart disease you could be preventing alzheimer's as well and you if you look at in how you live your life or or is it something different than that no, that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying they're okay. very interrelated. Um, you know, they're both really like all diseases. They really have a basis of inflammation, whether that comes from, you know, toxins like alcohol, like even metal toxicity, pesticides, um, poor diet, which leads to obesity, which is a toxin in itself, um, exposure to um things that in the air, pollutants, um, having diabetes itself is a, is a real risk factor for Alzheimer's disease. So, you know, you, you really have to look at that. And what I, what I do or am beginning to do is, you know, look at somebody's genetic profile. There's, there's something called an APOE gene. Right. And I've been checking for years with my Boston heart panel and, if you have one or two copies of that gene, remember you get one copy of every gene from your mom, one from your dad. If you get one or worse, two of those genes that you test positive for, then you really need to perk up your ears and, and really do more than the, even the average person would, would want to do. Um, so the first thing I do is try to identify if you have a genetic predisposition to uh, that gene. Now, remember, with genetics, I, I always say that genetics kind of load the gun, but it's your environment that pulls the trigger. So there's a lot of things you can do to prevent it. But first, know if you're carrying that gene and get doubly uh, aware that you're uh, at about a 10 times higher risk than the, than the person that doesn't have this gene. So um, I look at that first, and I look at a bunch of other things like inflammatory markers. Um, you know, whether you're diabetic, whether you have hypertension, uh, lipid status, um, lifestyle, all these things really contribute. And uh, so you need to know 
exactly kind of what to do. And that's what I hope to do these next series of uh, podcasts on my interpretation of what you need to be doing. Yeah, and that it sounds like this is a good stopping point for us, Dr. Rogers. And and one thing I do want to, I guess, touch on a little bit more, and we might have to do it in a in a in the next episode, is some of those environmental factors that are seemingly outside of our control. And you know, like what what sort of environments do we need to stay away from? Um, because a lot of times, I, the first thing that comes to my mind is like secondhand smoke or something like that that a lot of people were you know worried about 10 years ago and now it might be things that are going to affect when you said to- toxicity 